It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, September 18th. I'm Donald Wirtz. Takeaway Tuesday here on the Daily Podcast. Sorry we missed you on last week, but I tell you what, here in North Carolina, we were making preparations early last week for Hurricane Florence. And we live here in the Raleigh area, so it didn't affect us as much as it did some places more towards the southeast, more specifically places like Wilmington got hit really hard. New Bern got hit really hard. Moorhead City and really places uh, more so towards the southeast. Goldsboro um, got hit pretty bad as well. Uh, and you can also look at places where there are major rivers. For instance, uh, Fayetteville um, is, is the, the river there in Fayetteville. The, the big river there, of course, is the Cape Fear River. And that, I mean, that river is going to crest. It's supposed to crest actually on tomorrow at noon. So there's going to be a lot of flooding. There's still a lot of flooding in a lot of places around the state of North Carolina. Hurricane Florence has has moved on, but the remnants and all of what comes along with the hurricane, all of the rain that uh, came with Hurricane Florence, and now all of the a lot of the rivers, the Noose River, etc. Um, are going to crest. So it's going to still, there's still a lot to be done. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with those. And, and, and I say in North Carolina, this also affected South Carolina as well and, and parts of Virginia. And my thoughts and prayers also not only are with those um, in the states of North and South Carolina, where uh, at least as of this broadcast, 35 people have lost their lives because of Hurricane Florence. There are a lot more people that had their lives saved because of of great volunteers, because of of, of first responders. Um, and you have so many organizations. You know, I have an opportunity to kind of be uh, front and center in terms of seeing exactly what happens, the determinations that are made in terms of uh, rescues and uh, just the operation side of things as it goes or, or with respect to um, to this hurricane. And I, I mean, I'm in a in a actually a privileged position to be able to see all of the different things that really go on um, with this. And it's uh, I tell you what, a lot of devastation. Um, yes, we in some places and then some places further west uh, not hit as bad. But uh, and, and like I mentioned, us here in the Raleigh area, not so much. But, man, we pray for those down uh, in the southeastern part of the state of North Carolina, those in South Carolina and in Virginia as well. Also, a tornado hit near Richmond on yesterday. A tornado hit near Richmond on yesterday. So, I mean, we just uh, wow. I mean, there is so much going on. Hopefully. You know, I mean, the bottom line is hopefully you have it right. Hopefully your life is right. Your life is in order because you never know when you're going to be taken out of here. I mean, you, you know, I mean, it's just such devastation. And again, we continue to pray for those um, that have been affected by Hurricane Florence and all of the first responders, all of the organizations, Salvation Army, et cetera, uh, that are providing relief to those affected by Hurricane Florence and to the first responders as well. So it is Takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Some interesting games that took place this past um, weekend. Not going to run down 
the entire scoreboard, but I will uh, highlight uh, a couple of the games and then kind of look ahead um, maybe a little bit also um, as well. Bowie State continues to roll. They lost their first game to uh, an FCS opponent. I can't – it's escaping me offhand. Was it St. Francis? Maybe not. But it was an FCS opponent, and since then they've won two straight. They sort of held on to defeat McKendree 47-41. Bowie State is putting up some numbers. Another 300-yard-plus performance by the reigning Boxtero National Offensive Player of the Year in Amir Hall. He had two touchdown passes. He also had two touchdown runs in his career – which really you can't count his freshman year because he got sort of thrown into the fire his freshman year. He may have played, in, I think, in the CIAA championship game, and then the Bulldogs made the playoffs that year, so he had to play in the playoff game when the quarterback went down. So he lost, really, uh, really lost a year of eligibility. Of course, the rules where they stand now, you can play into uh, – uh, uh, you can play in as much – uh, as four games and still be able to get a red shirt. But it wasn't like that when Amir Hall started. So he essentially lost his freshman year. But um, from sophomore to now, he's thrown for over 300 yards 16 times. No wonder he was our box to row or one of our box to row national players of the week as Bowie State continues to roll. And they are ranked number six in the box to row media poll another big game Fort Valley State defeating Miles 21 to 19 a big win both of those teams needed a win this was a conference game and even though it was a a, a cross division game big win for Fort Valley State I mean I know you know Albany State right now is 0-3 you haven't really gotten into conference again as I've stated I think Benedict is going to be the team that is going to win the Eastern Division of the SIAC, but it's a good win for Fort Valley State because they're now 1-0 in conference play. To me, one of the better teams in the MEAC that I don't think a lot of people um, are or were talking about was Florida A&M. Well, guess what? Um, you know, they lost to Jackson State at home 18-16. To me, it was a surprise loss because Jackson State has really, really struggled. And actually, this was a really big win for Jackson State. They did not play last week because uh, weather canceled the Southern Heritage Classic. But this is a big win for Jackson State against a Florida A&M team that I believe is going to be one of the surprise teams in the MEAC. Anytime you got a a, a, a caliber quarterback that Florida A&M has, an elite caliber quarterback in, 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 in Ryan Stanley for Florida A&M, I mean, he threw for something close to 370 yards in that game against Jackson State. Um, so the kid, that guy can play, and then you add into that Willie Simmons coming in um, as the new head football coach. I still think Florida A&M is going to present some problems in the MEAC, and that's Further, why that was a big win for Jackson State. Southern gets off the schneid, defeats Langston 23-18. to Southern um, winning, the, again, their first game of the season. Langston, I'm impressed with Langston. I mean, yeah, they lost, but they were supposed to lose that game. Still managed to score 18 points in that game. They're now 1-1 one one on the season. Remember, Langston went 10-0 in the regular season last year. They hosted a... Uh, an NAIA playoff game and lost in the first round, but I think Langston is on the right path in terms of making another NAIA playoff appearance. Kennesaw pounded Alabama State 62-13. to What I thought was interesting about 
This particular football game was the 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 thoughts of head football coach Donald Hill Ely um, as he spoke on the SWAT conference call. And, you know, if you've listened to this program, um, which, of course, airs each week on a radio station near you, you've heard him talk about more HBCU schools playing against HBCU schools. And um, he didn't necessarily like this Kennesaw State game. Uh, he didn't like playing against Auburn on last week, um, particularly didn't like playing against Auburn last week. Alabama State did get $500,000 from that game. He made the point that the Kennesaw game, um, it was a home and home, so no money uh, was acquired from Kennesaw, and they took the whipping 62-13. to 13. Um, He's more of, of, of a coach that wants to play more uh, HBCUs. He mentioned playing. Uh, he'd rather have played a MEAC school, which I definitely can agree with. I would also say, however, that if you want to measure your program and be able to measure it on a national level, will the SWAC be able to play in the national playoffs? No, two reasons. Celebration Bowl, uh, more now more so than, of course, that that Bayou Classic, because even if, if a, a SWAC team were to get an at-large berth, it would be kind of hard because the SWAC, uh, the, the, me, uh, the, excuse me, the Bayou Classic is played the weekend or that Saturday of the FCS playoffs. But, I, you know, my, I would say if you want to make a uh, some noise nationally, then these are some of the games you got to play. And it's a, it's a team that's on the same level. It's not like Kennesaw is an FBS program. Kennesaw is an FCS program. So I can understand his point. However, I mean, that, that's a whipping. I mean, if, if you're Alabama State, you want to play, um, you want that game to be closer. You want to play better. Although, in all fairness, uh, Alabama State lost four key players in the game against Auburn the week before that they did not have uh, for the game against Kennesaw. Morehouse continues to roll. As a matter of fact, Morehouse now ranked in the Box to Row media poll. Uh, they're in the top 10 now. They defeat uh, Central State 41-14. to I tell you what, Morehouse off to the good start. And again, a conference win. The game against Central State was a conference game, 3-0, 1-0 for Morehouse. Alcorn State defeating Texas Southern 27-15. Alcorn State got out to the 27-0 lead. Again, I was on the conference call, had a chance uh, to hear Fred McNair, the head coach at Alcorn State, talk a little bit about it. He was pleased with the way that the team started, but not pleased with the way that the team ended the game. He says they have to play a whole 60 minutes. But, I mean, uh, you know, Noah Johnson, the quarterback, had a, a really good game. Um, also, with that being said, um, the Morris kid was named the Boxtero National Player of the Week. Also, two interceptions in that game, and you can log on to boxtero.com to get more information on what he was able to do. South Dakota State pounded Arkansas Pine Bluff 90-6. And Arkansas Pine Bluff, they've got Prairie View A&M on Saturday. That's going to be a tough game for Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um you know, I guess fortunately that game is at home for the Golden Lions. Uh, Tuskegee continues to roll a 24-17 victory over Clark Atlanta. Um, just a couple of the other games looking at. Morgan State loses to Albany 30-27. to Had a chance to listen to that game a little bit. The voice of the Morgan Bears. Lamont Germany had a chance to listen to that game. You know, Morgan State may be one of the more dangerous 0-3 teams in the country. I, 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 I think Morgan State has 
a really good defense. Their offense maybe not so much, but they've got a good defense, and they're going to go to Aggie Stadium uh, on, or it's BB&T Stadium in Greensboro on Saturday to take on North Carolina A&T. And, you know, the Aggies should be a little bit concerned, particularly, again, for what Morgan State, I bring, I think, brings uh, to the table from a defensive perspective and some of the good players um, that they have as well. Final game to look at, UNLV defeated Prairie View A&M uh, in that game, 46-17. But this is a Prairie View A&M team. They're 1-3, but again, one of the better 1-3 teams in the country. Again, you're talking about a Prairie View A&M program um, that has had a very tough schedule, one of the toughest schedules in all of FCS to start. They open things up with Rice, FBS opponent, just lose that game by three. Then they beat North Carolina Central in the MEAC SWAC Challenge, play a perennial power in Sam Houston State, um, go toe-to-toe with them, losing 41-32, to and then lose to UNLV this past weekend. So, I, you know, to me, the favorite right now in the SWAC's Western Division has to be Prairie View A&M. It's not to at all discount Grambling, but Grambling still trying to figure things out, particularly from a quarterback perspective, particularly from an offensive perspective overall. I think their defense is absolutely fabulous, but the way Prairie View A&M is playing right now, that's going to be a big game. Say all that to say Prairie View A&M cannot overlook Arkansas Pine Bluff looking ahead to Grambling in that big Texas, uh, that State Fair Classic there in Dallas, which is taking place not this Saturday, but in a couple of Saturdays. That's going to wrap it up for today's HBCU Football Daily Podcast Takeaway Tuesday. Don't forget to listen to the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. Actually, before I get out, get out of here, got to give a big shout out to Darius Leonard. He is the reigning two-time Box to Row Willie Davis Defensive Player of the Year. 18 tackles. 18 tackles, 15 solo, had a sack, had a forced fumble in the Colts victory over the Redskins. He was all over the field. This kid has 30 tackles in two weeks. He starts for the Colts. Remember, a second-round draft pick. Not only that, he calls the defensive signals. The graduate, of course, of uh, South Carolina State doing it big in the National Football League. Don't forget to listen to Box to Row on a radio station near you this weekend. Also on Sirius XM Channel 142 each and every Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern. That's 8 a.m. Central Time and 6 p.m. Pacific Time on Sirius XM Channel 142. We'll talk with you soon.